The following podcast is brought to you on behalf of the Saracen Supporters Association and is not an official product of Saracens Limited. Content provided voluntarily by our guests and contributors are of their own opinion, which may change over time and should not be taken as fact, particularly as the podcast hosts are regularly talking drivel anyway. If you've got some drivel of your own you'd like to share, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at fezcast underscore SSA. You can search Facebook for the Fezcast or you can email fezcast.ssa at outlook.com. Listening to the Fezcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Fezcast. And you might uh, hear in the background that there's a bit of um, sweet Caroline going on, which has upset Matt. But um, I'm here with Matt, John, Sam, Barry um, in the immediate aftermath of what has been possibly one of the most amazing uh, games of rugby that we've seen in a long time. Uh, how are we all feeling, gentlemen? Unwell. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, my mate's brought his Northampton fa- uh, friend with him, and I said, keep your hands in your pockets on the way home, son, otherwise they get picked again. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I Matt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speechless, really. That was um, 39-17, I think we were going home, really, weren't we? But uh, when who other than Saracens really play a game like that? It's just, just insane, really, isn't it? Absolutely. John, you, you, for you? No other team wins that game. Yeah, it's simple as that. It's just no other team wins that. With all the injuries, all the players consistently going off, we end up with two hookers on. I don't even know. I don't even know what the team looked like at the end there, but. No other team wins that. Absolutely. Well, we'll go into a bit more um, depth on that in our third part because I think we're going to have a quick word about England's men's yesterday and England women's. But uh, we got a big interview this week. Uh, Joe, who's not with us, is joining Matt and interviewing Fee McIntosh tomorrow, isn't it? And you're going to discuss the women's World Rugby Cup um, final. Uh, a game, well, <laughs> yeah, there's a lots of um, contentious red cards I've been going through. But first off, uh, England yesterday very quickly against Japan um, I, I'll tell you this now straight off uh, Marcus Smith every time he did something I turned around to the missus and said Christ what is he doing and then suddenly he'd pop up with two tries but yeah uh, Japan didn't really perform I don't think and it's a, a performance that gloss over some cracks any guy want to disagree with me no but England, uh, Japan weren't the only side to not perform because England were awful absolutely shocking I mean for, for a game they won whatever 56 whatever it was in the end I mean it was it was daft but they they were just poor they, they seemed clueless I mean eventually they, they just ran in a couple of tries at the end and, and kind of it was just a poor game such a contrast with the England women's game as well where they showed real heart real determination and real bloody team spirit and England just don't they're not the sum of their parts they really are Absolutely not. I think I spotted an issue which the um, spotted on commentary and uh, give a big um, out there to David Flatman because I've seen Flats at the ground today. He's got to be the busiest man in rugby at the moment. He really has. But um, I think it was him who spotted it or one of the guys spotted it. There's this desire from England in defence just to come blitzing out. Maratoji, um, Owen Farrell did it. They're obviously coached that they're going to get off the line and it's been creating gaps all over the place and against a better team than Japan, they're going to get badly exposed to that. Don't you think, guys? Well, I've, I've, I must admit, I haven't seen the game but just because um, I was watching the other code yesterday. Um, <laughs> but I think that the issue which just seems to be, it kind of comes off the back of the tour and off um, coming into into the Auckland Nationals. I think I think the coaches have taken us as far as they can, and unfortunately, it's at the, the hurdle just before the World Cup. I don't think the coaching staff have got the changing room, and I don't think Eddie Jones can take England any further than he already has. And that's a real issue for us. A year out from the World Cup, he's going to continue, and, and I, just, I can't see us doing very well in this World Cup. And it's all, almost taken away a lot of my excitement for it, which is a shame because it's just across the channel, and I've got no inclination to hop on a ferry at the moment. No, I, I, I can't disagree with you, Sam. Absolutely 100% there. I, and I also think, you know, they brought Brett Hodgson in as a defensive coach, a man who was a failure as a rugby league coach. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll turn around to you and say I think Eddie took um, England as far as he could in November 2019 at that semi-final against uh, the, the All Blacks. But you're right, they're not going to... Um, uh, change it now they've written off this World Cup quite simply and it's it's atrocious but moving on to a team that I think very well unlucky yesterday there's a certain amount of luck involved in it first things first Lydia Thompson it was a red card there's no there's no argument with that she'll know that and she'll be um, playing that over in her mind 
But New Zealand giving it Billy Big Balls afterwards, you know, they beat a team with 14 players of 60 minutes by three points that England were on top the whole time through. And if Holly Davidson hadn't bottled the red card for New Zealand and bottled the penalty try at the end off the line out, then, you know, I think it would have been a different game and a deserved result. I know Matt's going to disagree with me, so I'll go over to John next to see what he thinks. (laughs) I was just absolutely gutted for him from, you know, this run that's been going on for what feels like years now and for it to come to an end. At the, at the final stage at the, you know the World Cup final just absolutely I am just it was heartbreaking to watch yesterday actually I, I, you, you see the girls afterwards and you, you, you want to you, we are proud of them we're so proud of them but that will mean nothing to them at the minute unfortunately but yeah I just hope that this, this group there's still enough young, young, young enough legs in this group for them to go again in four years time and uh, hopefully with home advantage you know it done New Zealand no, no harm did it so hopefully it'll be the same for England in a few years time but yeah, well done, girls. You you made the whole country proud. Absolutely, I completely agree with that. Um, I will say as well on the New Zealand thing, not me having a pop at New Zealand particularly, but Wayne Smith parachuted in. They brought in a top quality men's coach to get a win on home home soil, as it were. He's now soared off into retirement, done his job. It's not really developing the game. I mean, that's the thing that you look at that forty thousand people in Eden Park yesterday and you look at New Zealand Wayne Smith's gone off have they got coaches to come in to to take that team on further and I think it was just a case of we have to win our own home World Cup and they did it and job done but you know I don't see the future of the game being as well supported as it is even Wales, Scotland, France they'll all overtake New Zealand in the next four years I think Always giving me the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Power. I mean, uh, first thing for that is imagine what New Zealand women could do if they were actually funded and coached properly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, that's all you can really say about that. I mean, I have sat and watched a massive slow motion analysis of the red cards, yellow cards. I think they still think they got it right, but we can we can cross that another time. But at the end of the day. It is pretty heart-wrenching. England, the architects, had their own downfall. We had a red card. We were down to 14 players for an hour. And we had a line-out at the end that we botched and and lost. So, you know, I get annoyed with bashing a referee all the time, um, especially when you can look at two incidents and think, well, if we'd have won that, we wouldn't be talking about a referee, really. So it's... It's gutting, it absolutely gutting for them, but they played their heart out. And to, to be fair, you look at how good that team is to be playing with 14 players and to be within metres of, of winning that game. They've got to be proud of that. We've got a home World Cup coming in 2025 and we've just got to get behind the whole women's game because that was a proper advert for rugby. Let's not go along all the controversy and things because otherwise we're all going to start having a punch-up sitting here. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. We've, uh, we've uh, all got a couple of beers inside us apart from Sam who's got to drive back. But yeah, look. Yeah, I mean, you're going to talk to Fee McIntosh with Joe and I'm sure you'll go into greater detail about how they're feeling and also everything to do with Saracens women as well with the return of Alliance 15. So uh, perhaps we'll hand over to that after a, um, a bit of an advert and then we'll come back, the five of us, when we sobered up a little bit <laughs> and discuss what on earth happened today at uh, Stonex. <laughs> Listening to the Fezcast, which is proudly sponsored by the Saracen Supporters Association, and I'm Alison Davis, one of the SSA committee. For a £10 annual subscription, the SSA provides our members with monthly newsletters, virtual and in-person player events, away match ticket allocations, and we organise pre-match gatherings at away matches. We sponsor men's and women's players, and we support the Saracens Foundation Track Club on behalf of our members. On top of all that. Every year we have a seasonal SSA badge, which is exclusive to members. Where else can you get that much value for a tenner? Join now at membermojo.co.uk forward slash SSA or come and see us on match day in the Oasis at the Stonex. This is the Fezcast. 
Well, uh, welcome to the start of the slightly more sober and civilised period of uh, of the Fezcast. Um, I've I've just got Joe here with me at the moment because I'm actually waiting for Fee McIntosh who's got stuck in traffic. So we're going to have a little chat about uh, about the Northampton game as well because we sat there, the five of us, reviewing it and, and we really missed having having Joe there. So so while we've got a minute, Joe, what are your thoughts on uh, on the game against Northampton yesterday? Were, were you as, as merry as we were? Um, well, I did have a beer, I have to say. Um, mainly because at half time I was thinking this is not going to go well, so I thought I'm going to have to have a beer and perhaps drown my sorrows. And then the second half kicked in, and I was like, "Oh, brilliant game on!" Uh, from the TV, it was okay, definitely of two halves is what I would say. Um, and I don't know genuinely, and this is probably discussed at length in, in your uh, in your discussion. Um, I have no idea what Ben Earls now has to do to get an England call-up. Um, that would be my massive takeaway. He was just absolutely immense. Um, and I'll tell you what, Dave Flatman was was raving about him. All of the commentary team were just going absolutely berserk for him, um, and bloody rightly so, because he was phenomenal in that game. I thought just, just everything um, that he did was just a real captain's performance. Um, loved it. But yeah. I, I did Yes, and then add a couple more when they won. So <laughs> no, I think we did as well, to be fair. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I think we all kind of thought, well, England's loss is definitely our game. Um, we'll, we'll quite happily keep keep Ben Earl for as for as long as possible. And uh, and after we finished talking, actually, I got to deliver on this. We uh, we walked back over to the uh, to the ground, and uh, John's uh, John's lad Charlie, who's uh, who's got his Ben Earl shirt, was actually diving across the line, scoring a try, and practicing his Ben Earl thumbs up, which was uh, which is absolutely brilliant. So uh, we should get John to stick that out on uh, on our social media, really, shouldn't we? Yeah. Inspirational. Yeah. For sure, absolutely, and you know, nine from nine, the the lads are on fire. I think, um, and some might argue who needs our England internationals back, but we will take them back when they come. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll have them all back, really, won't yeah. we? Yeah, I, I think the worrying thing from our side, from um, <laughs> from the stands, we couldn't really see what happened with Max Malins. To be honest, was there anything uh, anything on the telly that you saw? looked like Tammy from from the TV? I have to say, he kind of he pu- pulled up just as um, uh, the ball went out wide and it and it kind of just looked like he just went, oh, no, didn't like that um, and, and stopped. And, and perhaps it's it's bearing in mind, I don't know whether he had a, a niggle beforehand, perhaps they just figured we'll just take him off and just hope for the best and hopefully it's nothing too serious um, yeah. for both the Saris and for England, really. Hopefully not. Yeah, I mean, we've we've um, the England squad for or the extended England squad for the next internationals was was sent out today, and Max Malins wasn't in it, so he's obviously carrying carrying something. So yeah, hopefully, uh, Hammy's uh, Hammy's okay. And the other one, to be honest, we didn't talk about too much um, when we chat between us all was uh, was our emergency scrum half that we uh, that we saw <laughs> coming coming on and and scoring within five seconds of being on the pitch. He looked pretty lively, really, didn't he, Gareth Simpson? He did, like, definitely a bit of a live wire, and uh, yeah, I thought he, he he did all right. And you know, it was a it was an interesting game. You know, no contested, uh, you know, uh, scrums and and such like, and you know, lots of movement around the pack with a number of little bits of niggles and and such like. Um, and that was probably more frustrating, probably for Saris with the no, with the uncontested scrums because they weren't able to challenge Northants when they were down in the North Hans 22. Um, but it is what it is. Um, you know, the result was was an absolute belter. Um, it looked good from the TV perspective, uh, certainly in the second half. And I think um, uh, probably uh, the coaching team will be impressed with, with Surrey's determination and spirited comeback. Excellent. Well, yeah, now it's good. Now we've got views from all six of us on a pretty special game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll uh, we'll come back in a second, and hopefully Fee McIntosh has uh, has managed to navigate the traffic, and we'll speak to her in a second. Right, so pleased to say that Fee McIntosh has finally got through uh, all of the traffic of the day, which is which is excellent. Mm-hmm. So we're back into the show now. So yeah, Fee came to Saracens via. 
Alderlanians, via Richmond, via University and Christ knows what else. But uh, yeah, for the last few years, consistent member of the team in the second row. Welcome to the show, Fee. Hi, yeah, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, always a pleasure. And Joe's still here, which is good. Ooh. <laughs> um, so the the main thing that we need to talk about, really, I mean, we had a we had a discussion a few of us yesterday about the uh, the Rugby World Cup final, um, England's performance, New Zealand's performance. We did slightly mention the referees' performance as well, but as as Jez mentioned, it's not a topic I like to get involved in too much. But you know, let's get the view of a player, not a player who was playing at the World Cup, unfortunately, but you never know. But uh, Rafiq, how what was your take on 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 the match and and the result for for England to start with, really? Yeah, I mean it's always disappointing getting as far as a World Cup final and then uh, falling short at the last hurdle. Um, I think the first thing you have to say is massive credit to the England girls for doing as well as they did, playing with only fourteen players for what was it sixty minutes of the game. Um, I think that shows like how much composure and stuff that they do have, especially in such a high-pressured situation like the World Cup final. Um, I mean, I can imagine they were absolutely gutted and disappointed with the result, but I think I think they played pretty well. Um, so they've got to take some sort of pride in that. No, I absolutely agree, to be honest. And yeah, I'm going to turn around and say I thought the decisions that the referee made were absolutely perfect. I have got no issue with them whatsoever. Other people on this show have said otherwise. So, Joe, what do you think? Um, I'm not one of those, by the way. I, I agree. You know, I think she she's refereed brilliantly. I th- thought her selection as the as the World Cup final referee was a was a really good um, call. Um, and the tackle was just one of those things. It don't there was clearly no malicious intent from from Lydia Thompson. I'm sure she's absolutely gutted by. Um, the outcome of it, um, because she's a she's a fantastic player and she's just got in the wrong position. Um, Portia Woodman will be gutted as well because obviously she was wasn't able to continue in the, in the game as well. So you know, gutting from her point of view as well. And I think not that it spoilt the game, but I just think about what the potential could have been if it had been fifteen on fifteen and with Portia Woodman playing in that game as well, because it was a spectac- spectacle as it was. But I think. If that had been 15 against 15 for a whole 80 minutes, um, I think it would have been absolutely immense. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. It's just, I'm, I'm gutted for the Red Roses because, you know, 30 game winning streak, um, you know, showed how composed they are, how dominant they are um, in so many facets of the game. And to lose by just three points and have that opportunity week over the line in that last minute and 30 seconds. I think it's a run of the game, but um, I think they can only be proud of themselves. And actually, I think any of the the reps um, that, that played out there in that Rugby World Cup, I think the tournament itself was a really brilliant advocate for women's sport, not just women's rugby, women's sport. Um, you know, the, the number of people that have been and watched the game, people have got up, you know, certainly on this side of the world, where it's been silly o'clock, um, you know, the viewing figures are just brilliant. And all I can say is I was at the um, watch party at uh, the Cabbage Patch um, on Saturday morning with people queuing up at quarter to six in the morning to get in there to view it, quarter to six in the morning, queuing at a pub in Twickenham where there's nobody else around, but people wanting to come in and watch that. Um, the atmosphere was brilliant, but the fact that people are wanting to do that and all I'm going to say is, and it's a bit of a plug, get your tickets for the Six Nations game at Twickenham on the 29th of April against France, because that is going to be belter. And all I can say is we are going to kick that world record up its bum. 42,000 people at Eden Park. I reckon we could spank that at Twickenham. No problem. Done and done. <laughs> Joe's had a say. Fee, were you watching it down the pub or uh, were you a bit more... Um... Um... I was watching it at my local rugby club. They put it on in the morning, gave us some bacon rolls and tea and coffee. Um, yeah. Tea and coffee? No no pint of Guinness? No, no Guinness, not that time in the morning, no. <laughs> no, can't, can't get you in trouble. We can talk about that one off air. 
I mean, what as obviously you know, there were people within the uh, within the Saracens, or a lot of players within the Saracens women's squad are at the World Cup. We have you spoken to anyone from uh, from within the squad, either from the England side or any of the other teams playing about how it how it was? Um, I'm yeah, I spoke to a few of the girls. Um, obviously, just mainly like big congratulation messages and stuff, giving them time to process it all, and it must be so intense. I can only imagine in such a big competition so far away from home as well um to just like go through all of that um it must take a bit of time to kind of like process everything that's gone on um but yeah I think I think the general consensus is that you know obviously disappointment they they went out there to win and that was the goal from the very beginning and it always has been so to not be able to um achieve that is absolutely gutting but um, a lot of a lot of young players in the squad as well, and I think for them, first World Cup, a lot of them, not many international caps behind behind their belts, and to go out and play in such a big competition, actually, like that's really really exciting because it's just the start of their careers, and there'll be plenty of other opportunities for all of them to be in, you know, World Cup finals in the future, and hopefully be a different result at the end of the day. So. Yeah, twenty twenty five is going to be uh, is going to be pretty fun, I think. But I know one yeah. thing that 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 Joe and I do want to uh, to pick up on. Neither of us have seen the uh, the start of of how this all came about. But we were speaking before before you arrived, Fee, about um, the apparent messages that may have been sent to Lucy Packer during uh, or post post match, and and the response from from Leanne Infante. I mean, Joe, I'm I'm going to hand over to you, really. The, you know. It isn't right. We don't know. We don't know what's been going on. But you know, social media does have its problems, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just really disappointed. Really disappointed that you know, people still feel the need to do that. I personally, I will hold my hands up. I had a little bit of a, oh dear Lord, moment when it was announced that that Leanne had been injured pre-game and was thinking that's a big step up for Lucy Packer. But I have to say, amongst all the all the doubters, I thought she did a pretty damn good job. To be fair to her, that's a that's a big stage to perform on. Um, she hasn't played an awful, didn't play an awful amount in the in the World Cup, but she had a fair few warm up games. You know, clearly she she plays regularly for the, for Quinns at a high level, and you know I don't think anyone deserves any kind of trolling that's prompted that from Leanne and I thought it was a classy response from Leanne and, and right that she that she'd felt the need to do that um, and put that message out but um, I would hope that that kind of behaviour just stops and I hope that it's it's limited to what's been received and there is no more of it because well, it's it's just bang out of order. Yeah I mean I'd, just just out of interest I mean when when you when you sort of come into the, the Saracens women's squad and, and after a few years do you get are there any sort of conversations about social media and how it's used and how to sort of either ignore anything that goes on or, or do you get any kind of oh, training is the wrong word because you shouldn't have to train yourself to be normal it's you know yeah, yeah, no. Um, I mean, we've got not necessarily like any anything in particular. We've got like our our media guys who are always there on hand if anything is going on to just like drop a message to you and say, look, this is this is going on, and I'm sure they'd be able to kind of talk you through how to deal with something like that. Um, I think the England girls do get a little bit of like just media training in general. Um, we had a little bit of it when I was in the under twenties. We had half a day where they just kind of like. It's things you wouldn't normally think about, you know, posting posting something where you're out with all your friends and um not kind of thinking twice about it. But actually when you're when your profile is being looked at and even like looked up by so many young girls thinking, Oh, let me go and check out this girl's Instagram or Twitter or something like that, it's things that you know, you don't necessarily think about and you've actually got to realise that you are once you're in those kind of positions, you are a role model. So there is a little bit of that kind of training to just make you conscious of that kind of stuff but nothing really to do with you know negative comments or how to deal with that and for anyone to go through that would be so difficult never mind having just come off the back of losing the world cup final and the disappointment you'd be feeling through that and to then have all these negative comments piled up on top of that I mean I didn't personally see any of them I saw Leanne's response to it um but it just it yeah, I just think it's completely unnecessary. What I 
people, you know, sat back at home on their sofa watching the game think that they have more of a say than the England coaches on who should be selected or more of a say than the girls who have absolutely worked their butts off to get into the team, to get there and to perform. They think that they've got the right to kind of, you know, throw negativity negativity around. I just, I think it's really wrong. Can't say fairer than that, really. And yeah, I mean, from our side, doing this as a podcast, we've spoken to to plenty of you and the fact that you're all pretty well accessible to us and to other people is is something that really shouldn't be taken for granted. And if something like that does does keep carrying on, then that will soon stop. So yeah, hopefully that's the end of it. But you know, it's a it's a long road ahead with social media. But let's get on to a much brighter topic, shall we? Let's actually focus on Fee McIntosh because that's why you're here. Um, while the World Cup was going on, we obviously had um, had the cup fixtures, which there was a bit of turmoil in and around them. We we played. Played played three, didn't quite play a, a fourth one, which hopefully is going ahead at some point. But Fee, you you sort of took on a bit of a um, bit of a leadership role within within those games, is it? How how did you feel that went went for you in in sort of three matches of um, running the engine room in the second row? And uh, I think it was Cara Ward all alongside as a sort of co-captain, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, um, no, I think it was a great opportunity for me um, before playing at. Saracens I played at Richmond um, and they were kind of bottom of the table and you know not a few international girls but not kind of the the number that we have at Saris so making that jump into the Saris team was like a big step for me and it's been amazing to like learn from all of those girls but actually with them all being away at the World Cup it's it's given me a great opportunity to kind of step into that leadership role myself and I've realised like not only on the field, but like it's developed a lot of my personal skills off the field as well, um, giving me like a bit of confidence in the way that I play and stuff. So yeah, I've really enjoyed it and doing it alongside Cara, which has been great because she's great at bossing the backs around and telling them what to do, running their moves when I don't know what's going on there. Talk to me about a line out. That's fine. I'll tell you everything. But what the backs are doing, Cara can kind of can boss them around and deal with that. So it's been good having her kind of co-captaining alongside me as well through the cup stuff. We did actually speak to Cara, well, probably this time last year, actually, when she was uh, she was doing some of the cup games. And yeah, said, said something pretty similar, I think. So. <laughs> but in, ter- in terms of the results themselves, obviously, you know, the, the, the Bristol game didn't go as well as we hoped and the other two fixtures were much better. But in, in a way, for, for me, I'm looking at those thinking the result isn't necessarily the most important side of things with um with the team there how how was that sort of in in the way for you or, or was it you know disappointed not to win obviously but um I think um you know you never want to go into a game thinking you don't want to win it we always especially at Saris have that standard that we want to show and we want to showcase what we can do um I think it was it has been a bit of like a you know strange time with so many international girls away um, and so many girls coming in, having their first caps, filling positions they might not necessarily play in. Um, but even if we did have that kind of drive and desire to win that game that we didn't win, you know, there was so much learning from that that actually it was it was still beneficial. And this whole cup competition, it gives such a um, opportunity to those girls who maybe would be benching when all of the internationals are here or, um, haven't just had that much game time or the young girls coming through um, it just provides them opportunities to kind of like play on that big stage and um, it's like really really beneficial and yeah I mean of course we'll want to win you never want to lose a game um, but yeah it's it's been really good really beneficial. Joe, you've got a big grin on your face there. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say I mean I've obviously been to, to a fair few of the cup games, missed the, missed the sale one but um, uh I agree totally with with Fee there. You know, it's a really good opportunity. We've had a fair few signings um, that have come in. I mean, if you've listened to the podcast, Fee, you'll have heard me expunging about the uh, the, the brilliance of, of Grace Moore, amongst others, who is literally seems to have waltzed into the um, Sarries pack and, and is like a awesome miss, just a, a train of um, absolute driving through everything and everyone really um, I just sit there and just op- stand at the side of the pitch just open mouth most of the time when I should be taking photographs but um it the the performance from from, from the from the women's team in those cup games there's been some really 
strong performances. Um, and you can see, actually, that the team have gelled, even though there's been quite a few mixes um, in amongst the, the, the team and the squad there. But I think Alex has done a really good job in terms of giving people those opportunities to do it. Um, and obviously, you and Cara have relished being um, in those leadership roles, and you can tell that the the, the rest of the girls have responded to that. So um, it's been great to watch on the sidelines, and you know we can't can't wait for the uh, season opener on Sunday um, against Loughborough as well to to see what what the next season brings. And going in as uh, obviously reigning champs, um, there's uh, some performance to to continue and drive on through there. That's very well engineered into the uh, into the next part of a discussion. You're a professional here, Joe. <laughs> 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 yeah, obviously the the season is is starting on on Sunday. I've, unfortunately, again, I've picked a, a terrible day to work a Sunday, so I won't be there. Unfortunately, Joe, you will definitely. You will have a camera in hand, won't you? I will, I will most definitely. Excellent, but yeah, it should be a, it should be a very good game. And I'm I'm assuming there's a lot of um, a lot of the international girls that are, are probably not quite ready to to come straight back into the club game, but. Not going to ask you to talk about selection yet, Fee. But <laughs> how are we looking for uh, for the start of the season? Obviously, we've talked about talked about the cup, and it's and it's gone well, gelling a lot of a lot of players in. But is there a different mindset going into the into the league season, or is it just more of the same? Um, I don't think necessarily a different mindset. Like I said, even though the cup gave us a lot, like even at the back of everyone's mind, it was we want to go out there and show the standard that we can play to and perform. Um, and then if we're able to do that, that along comes with that, the wins. Um, I do think it's exciting starting into the Prem. There's not many opportunities you get where you play the same team within a couple of weeks. Um, so to have played Loughborough a few weeks ago and then then be our first Prem game is really exciting, knowing that having beaten them in the Cup, you know, we come in with a little bit of maybe like a psychological advantage as well, um, knowing that. We've had that win very recently, so that's exciting to start start the prem off like that. Um, but no, I think at Sarah's we're always wanting to just drive the standards, and you know we won last year. Um, but whether we're winning or not, we want to go out and we want to push the boundaries. You know, we want to be showing what women's rugby is and what we can do, and um, just performing like the best that we possibly could. Um, and like I said, that that brings the wins along with it. So hopefully a lot more of that through the Prem. Yeah, fair play. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. I, I ask this of quite a few people, and every single time I get the classic Saracens team response. I want you to be really, really selfish. Over the last couple of years, we've, we've noticed you, you know, you've quietly gone about your business in the second row, taken, make, made the most of a lot of good opportunities you've had. You've got the likes of Poppy Cleal, Marley Packer around you. You get all the headlines all the time, but nuts to them. You've just been consistently good over the last couple of years. What are your goals for for this season, next season, and beyond? What What are you hoping to get? Um, I mean, ever since I started playing rugby when I was young, I wanted to, you know, wear a red rose. Um, coming through and playing um, England under twenties and stuff gave me like a great opportunity to kind of see that. So I think you know, keep building on my performance in the prem and that could potentially happen at some point. Um, so obviously that's an end, end, end goal. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want to win another premiership this year, keep driving through in the team. Um, I think having the likes of Sonic in the team, who's getting 300 caps for Saris, well over now, um, like to me, that's completely inspiring. Um, you know, I want to, want to hit the 100 caps want to hit the 300 caps at some point in my life um so yeah that's that's the the long-term goals but I guess yeah short term just keep pushing on keep driving my own performance learning from those around me and ending up lifting the trophy again at the end of the premiere this year that's good so so many people just go yeah it's not about me it's about the team and as long as you're doing <laughs> right bollocks I want England caps that's the best thing I yeah it. I love it yeah and I mean I think even like having having dreams like that it, it drives you to be a better player and if you're a better player you hold higher standards for those around you and eventually that that lifts the whole team around you as well so if I can if I can be the best in my position there and give give the team like you know the the best of myself then it makes us all better together so that's a leader talking that is it's <laughs> 
this co-captaincy fee, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, definitely captaincy material, that, isn't it? <laughs> is there any um, any fixture you're looking forward to more than anything this season? Obviously, when we go in as champions, you're all, you've always got a target on your back. But, I mean, there's, there's games that we always look forward to as fans when you think, yeah, this is going to be pretty mega. But is there anything that, anything that stands out to you? Beyond Harlequins and Exeter, because yeah, I mean Harlequins and Exeter are always the the good games, the tough ones, the the most like rewarding wins when they come. Um, I think for me personally, I was I was at college at Gloucester Hartbury for two years, so a lot of my friends stayed on there at uni and all play for for Gloucester now, um, and so that's always a good game. I like I like going back there. I like playing at Hartbury. Um, playing against all of them it's like a nice kind of friendly rivalry I'd say um but yeah I always look forward to that I think Gloucester away's always been quite a strange one for Saris we've always started out very slow and it's always been a really real slog to the end of the end of the game but for me personally I've always enjoyed it enjoyed the battle and enjoyed getting to see a lot of a lot of my friends from college and stuff as well and putting some big shots in on some of them is always Always quite fun. <laughs> That's the right answer. Joe, you'll be travelling around with your camera all season, I'm sure. Is there anything that you're looking forward to as well? Um, yeah, I think, you know, we clearly the Prem Fifteens is the the tour the you know, the, the tournament to play in across the world now. It's just shown as you know, that 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 is the league that everyone wants to be a part of. We saw it last year. With the num- with the influx of players that came from from across the world to play in that in in the league, um, and I think it's just one of those leagues that just shows the best of rugby, not just women's rugby, the best of rugby. Um, you know, and you know, we, you addressed it before about um, the the interaction that the players have, um, not not just with with us lot from who do podcasts and other bits and pieces, but the interaction with the fans and the people that come out and watch them, you know, week after week in all kinds of weathers um, and, and turn up at games, even when the game unfortunately gets called off. That's, that's why the fans keep coming back because they, they relish that time. And I see it, see the smiles on the kids' faces when they get to, you know, have their pictures taken and the, and the signatures with their favourite players. And, and I have to say, Sarri's are, are one of the best at, at doing that. They just take the time. Um, to to do that so much so that I think Mel will probably kill me for encouraging them to continue to do this because I know that she's often trying to herd the cats to get back into the uh, into the locker room. But um, no, it, it's really appreciated, and you know the fans love coming out and doing that. You know the club have um, recognised that with season tickets for for the women's um, game now, which is great because more and more people are coming down there, making it more accessible uh, for everyone to come and watch. And you know. We've got double headers coming up with the game against uh, Tel Aviv. I think it is, isn't it? The men's team playing against Tel Aviv, yeah. um, and I would hope that that really, really brings a, a, a really good crowd out. And you know, the success of our internationals, not just the Red Roses, but the internationals that we've got um, in the club and across the league now, I just hope brings many, many more people out to, to watch the women's game because it's a fantastic game to watch, and there is some absolute crunching tackles um, and, and clearly fee pays a massive part in that and if you don't see a crunch in a tackle you'll definitely see her at the top of the line out because she, she's always there uh, no I can't wait yeah um, I, I will be at the uh, or I should be at our home game against Gloucester Hartbury so I'll be I'll be keeping a close eye on your fee for that first tackle <laughs> who are your friends yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I'm um, um, I think we all recognise that, you know, the growth of the women's game is so important and having the supporters there, like there's, it wouldn't be growing the way it would without that support. So I think all of us as players are like very aware of that and, you know, anything we can do to you kind of say thank you and show a bit of like support back is like what we want to do because we know that we wouldn't be where we were if it wasn't for all of the supporters coming out every weekend and stuff. So, yeah. That's the second leadership comment that she's made there. Absolute belt. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we sh- we should throw that back at you, really, Fig, because um, you know the, 
the amount of time that you you guys do give us, um, and I'm not just talking us as a podcast, but fans as well. It's, it's one of the best things to see. I mean, I uh, I did talk to to Lottie Clapp about it. One of the one of the best things for her is seeing all of her her students that she teaches coming around with banners. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's pretty inspiring, really. You can see all the all the young girls turning up at, at matches. The the crowds are growing. It's it's becoming more and more inspiring for people. So hopefully this season. There's a long way to go in a lot of ways, as we've already talked about. But this season could be could be pretty big. So, thank you and all of your teammates as well for uh, for how much you inspire all of us. Yeah, of course. I mean, I remember being a little girl, stood watching England games and all Prem games and stuff, and thinking that's inspiring to me. So, if I can if I can do anything to do that for other younger girls, I mean, just a funny example. I was watching an England game when Rocky was playing. Um, and I've got a picture of me on the sidelines, a little selfie with me and Rocky. And then uh, when I come to Sarri's and we're now playing alongside each other. So things like that, that just, I think, make the women's game really, really special. We need those two pictures side by side. I need a picture <laughs> of you and Rocky this season so that you can then send me that picture of you and Rocky when you were Yeah, for sure. I'll send them we'll, over we'll, to you. We'll get that. <laughs> Because that sounds like a belting story. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think Rocky could probably do that with quite a few people. <laughs> yeah. Real talent, Her, and and Sonic as well. I mean, earlier when you said, um, you know, Sonic being inspiring, and and she's getting. I didn't think three hundred caps was going to be what came out of your mouth. I thought you, you were just going to say she's getting old, so you could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take her place no I mean do you know what you can joke about that all you want but she's still so incredibly fit any fitness sessions tests anything like that she's wiping the floor with most people so all creds to her yeah I mean anyone that can come back from a from a broken leg in your mid-30s and come back and actually seem to be fitter than before you broke it that's yeah going but yeah now I've um, I've ruined our chances of getting both Rocky and Sonic on the Fizzcast. That's probably uh, a good point to uh, to stop me from putting my foot in any further. So, um, yeah, Fee, just thank you very much for uh, for joining us. I'm sorry the traffic was terrible getting here, even though we are on Zoom. But... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we can do about that. <laughs> but no, best of luck for the weekend. I'm sure Joe will see you there. I can't be there, unfortunately, but I'll hopefully be around at the double header around the Gloucester game. And then, Fee, Joe, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, we'll hand back over to um well me actually after uh, after jez thank you thanks for having me Hi guys, I'm Alex Lewington and I'm a proud Loose Heads Ambassador. I'm Sydney Gregson and I'm a Loose Heads Ambassador. We're a rugby mental health charity working to tackle the stigma. You can find us at Loose Heads on all social media channels or at looseheads.co.uk. The Loose Heads mission is to place a mental health lead at every rugby club. Get in touch now to find out more. Take care and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Enjoy the rest of the pod. Okay, well, welcome back to uh, our last part of this week's FezCast, sat in the beautiful August sunshine, as it seems, <laughs> at Stonex. Um, following Saracens against Saints, Saracens going nine from nine. Um, 40, was it 45-39? Yeah. How on earth did that happen? I mean, that is an amazing game. As we said before the break, John said... I don't think there's any other club in the world, let alone in the Premiership, that could do that. But, yeah, um, where do we start? Uh, we did say beforehand, controversies, um, referees, we don't know how to get on with the referees. I don't think the ref today had a particularly good game. And, but I suppose the sign of it is I should imagine there's a fair few Saints fans walking out saying that referee had an absolute abysmal game. Um <laughs> I do think the first, again, we talk about red cards, yellow cards. I thought both yellows were reds. Um, And different ref, different day, different outcome. I think they could easily have been reds. But, yeah, uh, gents, Matt, you first. What what, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, we asked for consistency. He consistently gave those two high shots as, as yellow cards. So that's, that's a start. Um, yeah, 39-17. I mean, I never leave a game early, but that was game over. We were just there for the ride after that. And yeah, 28 unanswered points. I actually think we butchered a few opportunities there as well. So that could have been 60-30. So I, I, I don't really know what to say about that. <laughs> that insane. I, I mean, I think the, the, the biggest thing is the it was like Rourke's drift at one point, wasn't it? You had players going down. We lost in the entire front row within about 20 minutes. Other than Theo Dan, who again today really did up his, uh, his credentials. And, you know, the news is still going around about Jamie George is off to France next year. I mean, if Theo can continue to carry on like that, we're not going to be fussed. But he was absolutely awesome. Sam, tell us, tell us what you thought about Theo's performance today. I mean, I, I've been talking about Theo down for a little while, so I'm quite happy for once I got it right. Because I actually said once that I didn't think Max Malins would ever come to anything. So that just shows you what my credentials are like in picking players. But He did nothing today. Yeah, he did nothing today. The The only reason Theo Dan did not get man of the match today is because Ben Earl was on the pitch. That's the only reason, because apart from that, he was absolutely incredible. He's very, very difficult to tackle. And his energy is that the only person that can beat him for energy is, is Ben Earl. Those, those were the two best players on the pitch by a country mile today. I just thought they were absolutely phenomenal. Theo Dan, I can't say enough about him. I'm really, I'm just so excited. I'm really excited to see what he can do because what is he 20, 20 years old maybe not even 22 he's got England written all over him hasn't he well, I was going to say you say he's got England written all over him but you know Ben Earl can't get in the England team Elliot Daly who I did think had a, a good game particularly seeing as he was moved around position very early on um I'll also um, put a, a note out for Andy Christie. I thought I had a very big game today. He was a very willing runner. Uh, anybody else you want to spot there, Barry? Um, I think everyone really played their part. I mean, it, <laughs> we were joking off air and I was saying, you know, one more injury up front and I reckon I might have got on because we were running so desperately <laughs> short at one point. It was ridiculous, but uncontested scrums did us a favour. So we, we have to be a little bit thankful for that. Um but yeah everyone they, they just they don't know when they're beaten they really don't someone should probably tell them at some point <laughs> well yeah <laughs> yeah I mean that's the thing isn't it they don't know when they're beat and uh, when I interviewed Kelly Brown last week I started it off by turning around saying you know the, the analogy I've used quite a lot is you know you're watching Ronnie O'Sullivan at the at the Crucible and he suddenly pointed seven reds seven blacks and you're thinking is there something special on and today I was worried about Saints coming here because you looked at what they've got out and, you know, their, their back line, phenomenal. Mitchell should be in the England squad. Smith, Dingwall, um, you know, the Furbank, three, they, they've got a wealth of talent there. And for 30 minutes, they looked like they were going to put us out of sight and, and probably should have put us out of sight. Yet. Saracens can come back so are we now sitting here looking at the fixtures coming up bearing in mind we've got a bit of a break and everything uh, from from league Europe's going to take over are we now looking at the league and saying can we do it can we go the entire season un- undefeated there's absolutely no reason why we can't if you if you look at the table now we're what is it 18 points clear at the top there's uh, I think we've got a, a 22 point cushion on fifth so just pencil us in for home semi-final already and uh, we'll buy our tickets for the final because I, I, I may be getting a little bit carried away but how can you watch that and not get carried away for, for, for like I said nine out of nine in the league <clears throat> it's just ridiculous it's another bonus point win and it's another come from come back from the dead win as well. And it would be nice to have a couple more uh, performances or results like the Leicester game, where it was a little bit less h- harsh on the heart. But <clears throat> no other team does that. We're gonna we're gonna win the league. It's done. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that is a, a real real good point. And I mean, Matt, what do you want to add? I tell, I tell you what is going to stop us going unbeaten in the league is because we're going to be 30 points clear with eight games to go and Mark McCall's going to go right have a break boys <laughs> <laughs> that's all we can do I, oh, to be fair one thing I want to say is Alec Clary today anyone? oh like I say Alec came on played loose head when he's a tight head number one and number two Every time there was slow ball, Alec put himself in a position to say, I am going to take this hit. And he took the hit, 
And yeah, he might not have gone yards past the contact, but he hit the ground, he presented the ball, and then Ivan Van Zyl's come in, whap, 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 away it goes. Yeah, Alec, huge game, absolutely monster game. And I think Ethan Lewis came on, did much the same. You're right, bearing in mind we were so far down at one point, and I... Friend, very good friend of mine came to his first ever game at Stonex. He only lives in Crouch Inn, so he's come along today. Um, he sat there and he said, 20 minutes ago, he said, I'm really sorry. He said, I'm obviously a jinx. <laughs> and I said, don't worry, he said, because this is my first game at Stonex this season, so obviously it's my issue as well. But, you know, you, he then, at the end of it, looked, he went 28 unanswered points. He says, your team... You know, he's just a, a rugby fan. He's not. He got no particular loyalty to anybody whatsoever. He says your rugby team is amazing. He says no wonder you enjoy coming along and watching it. And it is. It is just having that balls out, never say die attitude. I mean, Barry, come on. It's. Do you know what? Being a Saracens fan at the moment is probably better now than it was pre twenty nineteen with the salary cap stuff. We had a lot of stars in. I mean, who wouldn't enjoy watching uh, Will Skelton and? Um, uh, Liam Williams played. I mean, Liam Williams is brilliant. How on earth he could run with those legs, I'll never know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's more fun now because these guys are so tight and they're so uh, they're, they're just playing for each other and they're, and they're playing for us. I'll go on, I'll say it. They are playing for us because they just don't know when to give up. Well, I think that's a very valid point you play that pace there because the players that we are talking about are either players who've come through the youth so it's you know you talk about 2019 I'm thinking back even further 2010 when when you got the likes of Goody, Faz, Brad Barrett all coming through either coming Jamie George either coming through or being unheralded players from outside coming into the team we've got the same DNA again as we did in 2010 only we've also got one hell of a lot of flair which we didn't have in 2010 we were very pragmatic back 12 years ago when Faz was coming through and Goody and and and, and Jamie George and and the Vinopolis whatever now you're looking at it we've got flair but we've got that same blend of kids who've come through the academy who understand what it is to be Saracens who understand what it is to sit on the sidelines and watch and you've then also got that experience so you know you look at Alex Good at 76 years old or however old he is now (laughs) (laughs) he is still playing with the same exuberance he had when he broke through that team in 2008 Elliot Daly I can't say high enough because I mean there's a guy who could easily turn around and say you know I'm just going to take some dollar now and, and, and move off somewhere else, he said, because he's obviously not in Eddie Jones's England plans, so why wouldn't he take some dollar? But he's actually going out there and playing and playing at a really high level. I think Jackson Ray's another one. You know, he's come through, he knows what it is. It is, yeah, a band of brothers, shall we say? Is that a fair comment to say? Is that our... Is that... Is that... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Look. I'm losing my voice. I've done a bit of shouting today. I don't know what everyone else is like. It's been lovely uh, sitting down with you five guys. Unfortunately, obviously, Joe couldn't join us, but I know she's messaged and said how much she's enjoyed the game today. And Matt, you'll be speaking to her tomorrow with Fee McIntosh. But yeah, thank you everybody for listening in. Thank you for joining us. And hopefully you've all got your voices back by the time you hear this on Wednesday morning. And uh, yeah, uh, look forward to speaking to you uh, next week on the Fezcast. This is the Fezcast. Thank you.